You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. This is Ken coming at you. We got Jeff and Neil in the studio. Matt, abroad. How are you guys doing? Abroad. Good. Good. I'm still in America. Or two. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Doing <laughs> I, for one, am doing, doing amazing uh, time of recording. It's St. Patrick's Day weekend, which means it's the beginning of footy. Aussie, fool, uh, Aussie rules uh, just started. Yeah, If only that was on theme for today. My team's already I know, lost right? by 60. It's not going well over for my Hawthorne Hawks. <laughs> well, congrats to my pies beating the uh, the reigning uh, grand final champions. So, uh, As always, go Swans. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of that, Ken, uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty fitting today. Yeah, in the words of Kath and Kim regarding our guests today, I like what I see. Because uh, to begin, we have Andrew Williams. He's in uh, Sydney by way of Perth. He's an Oakland 5 or Aussie 8.5 <laughs> supporter <laughs> due to the conversion rate. What do they have, dollar dues, Matt? <laughs> yeah, $900 dues for this for this call right now. <laughs> and that will be the end of the jokes, we promise, Andrew. And we love having you here. Welcome back. Thanks very much for having me. And no, please feel free to keep uh, the jokes coming because I've never heard anyone say they're a fan of the Hawthorne Hawks and then go, Kakar. <laughs> I, I, right? I asked what team is the most sad sack team and I decided to root for it. I, I've been a Cubs fan my whole life. So I said, who's the Chicago Cubs of the AFL? And they said Hawthorne. Wow. Yeah, right now they are. They used to be a, a dynasty that everyone hated, but um, yeah. now they're... Now they're a very young underdog team, but it's just it's just mm. amusing having no many of their fans <laughs> a cocoa yeah. not in sight. So Andrew, uh, remind everyone uh, what you're up to uh, out in Sydney and uh, anything else you'd like to say. Uh, sure, I work in public relations. That's that's uh, that's boring. But in terms of interesting things, I have a uh, TikTok account. You can do my trivia TikToks at Drew's Clues Twenty Three. Um, Last time I spoke to you guys, I think uh, about it on the Patreon episode, I had uh, about 300 followers. Um, uh, we're now over 10,000. So, you know, just yeah. just keep at it. And you too well can be uh, not particularly viral. And I, I will speak to Andrew's uh, Drew's Clues because I see them all the time on my TikTok feed and I, I play them quite often. They're really great. So if you have a chance, check them out uh, if you're on TikTok or secretly on TikTok, whatever it may be. Thank you very much. My TikTok only shows me videos of Megan Trainer for reasons I cannot understand because she's my least favorite singer. <laughs> it just knows what you're into. It's just like well, you like song, Megan Trainer. We know you do, and we're going to keep showing you until you realize it. <laughs> well, we're having some uh, great questions coming in from Andrew today. Uh, we expect, but we need another person to play the game, and today that will be the rules guy impersonator, or as. Neil has typed it out on the computer, the Ruly guy impersonator. <laughs> I thought maybe he changed it to rules, gal. Stephanie, <laughs> but he did. Stephanie Santoni from Houston, Texas. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here, y'all. Yeah, please tell us a little bit about yourself, other than the fact that you couldn't decide which one of us you loved the most while you were getting couldn't. your character box. Yeah, that's not me. I'm not going to pick favorites. Um, I'm originally from Las Vegas. Uh, living in Houston now with my husband and our dog Oliver, and I oversee psychiatric hospitals for a living, so Ooh, not wonderful. a lot of sleep. <laughs> well, we are excited to get into today's game. Uh, you're going to be teaming up with Matt today, 
So first of all, I'm having a wonderful Pamplemousse sparkling water here by one of our favorite sparkling water brands that we won't name, but you know which one it is. And Jeff said, or the Canadian version, the Pampered Moose. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be the Pampered Moose. And then immediately Stephanie came up with her team name. She didn't even think about it. What is that, Stephanie? I just puma pants. <laughs> I puma, puma <laughs> pants. <laughs> I puma pants. So another animal pun. But we're excited to get going today. First, we got to get the rules. Let's have it. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Cream rise to the top oh yeah i just realized do we have an australian rules read i don't think we do i'm gonna have to fix that i know i don't think so maybe andrew i'll do one for you with his one. with his pipes yeah that'd be yeah. great <laughs> i'm happy to do you an australian <laughs> rules read we'd no much right. rather have you than ken's dear friend brian johnson so hmm? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> the rules are the game <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hard to listen to you gotta get that one though let's let's see if he's available on uh, cameo <laughs> anywho it's gonna be me and neil versus matt and stephanie shall we dig in let's do it i'm excited okay so because i don't do anything simply uh this uh this quiz will be a little bit different um it'll still be as the uh as the rules read explained but each question is going to have two answers not one so there will be two answers for each question and those answers will rhyme with each other so you need to get both right to get the points. There's no half points for getting one. You always need to get both. So there'll be two clues, sort of Jeopardy-style clues, um, not, not in the form of a, a question. You don't need to answer in the form of a question anything uh, or anything. Um, but yeah, there'll be two answers, and you need to get both answers correct in order to get the points. But obviously, to help you, they're going to rhyme. So here is okay. question number one. The city of Sydney, the beautiful, if humid, city of Sydney where I am, uh, is located in this Australian state. And the Miller, the Squire, and the Summoner all have one of 24 stories in this 14th century work of literature. All right, we are locked in. I got the uh, literature one. Neil got the Australian state. Um, and that says all you need to know about me and Neil. So <laughs> perfect perfect teamwork. We could start naming states, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> Starting with... See, so. With, uh, starting with is, uh, New South Wales. New starting, I think I think that might be where where it is. Um, it's in the south, uh, Sydney, and then it's on the east coast, I believe. I think he said that at the beginning. Um, uh, New South Wales, and then <laughs> what would that rhyme with? Canterbury Tales. Then yeah, New South Wales and the Canterbury Tales. That sounds we right. We had Canterbury Canterbury Tales and New South Wales. Four points both teams. Very well done. Right. The, the answer Yay. is New South Wales and the Canterbury Tales. So the ultimate teamwork. Yeah. It's uh it's <laughs> why I like this particular so format because you don't you can sometimes one of you will have one half and the other will have as as worked out exactly there. All right, question number two. Uh, this movie musical contains the songs Come Alive and Tightrope. And this serif typeface was conceived by Stanley Thompson in 1932. So you said not a big musical person. Um, I believe these are from The Greatest Showman, which would rhyme with everyone's favorite font times new Rome. times <laughs> new <Helvetica>. Rome. <laughs> yeah comic sans serif typefaces ken yes uh so times new roman and the greatest showman well we also had times new roman and the greatest showman and full points to both teams very well done yes uh come alive and tightrope were probably the two uh least popular songs in many ways from that uh that musical, um, and yeah, the uh, Times New Roman was commissioned by the Times newspaper in 1932. So, uh, Question number three. This was the subtitle to the film Sister Act 2, 
And this was the children's book gifted to Kathy by Chandler on behalf of Joey in Friends. Why did I think that it was initially dead and loving it? I don't think that was. <laughs> All right, we're locked in with both answers. How how much Sister Act were you watching uh, in the 90s and 2000s? Well, I mean, Lauren Hill was in Sister Act too, so that was big. I did not know that. Uh, but I can't. What? I didn't know that. That's I haven't seen it. I do know she solos. <laughs> I, t- oh. I do know that it is back in the habit. Um, I didn't know she got her education in the country. Back in the habit, that's right. And then um I think we're looking we're looking for a children's book, I assume. Something rabbit. There's not much else. So it's like P- here comes Peter Rabbit or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can lock in with Here Comes Peter Rabbit and Back in the Habit. No, I think you're confusing Peter Rabbit with uh Peter Cottontail. Peter Cottontail. There's too totally many Peter rabbits. rabbits. Too many. No, <laughs> no we'll, we'll say Peter Rabbit and Back in the Habit. Unfortunately, no points to either team there. You got the wrong rabbit. It's Back in the Habit and the Velveteen right. Rabbit is the Velveteen. book. Oh, oh that's right. give it given to um to Kathy because it was her favorite uh, children's book in season four of Friends, as everyone remembers yes. as well as I do. <laughs> is that a rabbit made of cheese? That is the Velveeta rabbit. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. You're thinking of Camembert rabbit. Um, <laughs> okay. Question number four. This is Wolfgang Mozart's middle name. And this is a major song in Planet of the Apes the Musical from a classic episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Love it. We're in. It should also be... Sorry, Matt. It sh- I just wanted to note that I have never seen an episode of the simpsons i know nothing about it so the fact that i was able to get a simpsons question in is remarkable uh, do you do you know this offhand uh is it amadeus amadeus is the middle name and um sung to the tune of amadeus by falco i believe it is it dr. is falco. Zayas. dr zayas dr zayas <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what it is yeah we said amadeus and dr zayas oh 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 that is Dr. correct. Doctor Zayas. <laughs> I went back and watched that clip, and I was like, "Oh, this Simpsons show is good." Uh, full points to both teams. <laughs> um, it was the breakdancing monkey that sold it for you. Yeah. If I should get into episode, this. If you episode, you should watch the Australia episode. Though. It just had recently gotten there, so yeah, yeah. just <laughs> made live. it. Just got shipped. Um, we that caused a massive stink in Australia. That episode, Australians were yeah. did it. Yeah, they did deep. not like the booting. Too funny. The booting oh. was not was not appreciated by the Australians. Yeah, I and the whole time I was just I didn't understand what was going on. Just, people seemed upset <laughs> about a cartoon. That's all I knew. Um, well done. Full points to both teams. Question number five. Um, I'm very sorry, uh, Stephanie. Uh, this musical by <laughs> the late. An incredibly great Stephen Sondheim uh, features the songs Joanna and Not While I'm Around. And this is a famous goal scored in the quarterfinals of the 1986 FIFA World Cup by Diego Maradona, which he said was scored a little with the head of Maradona and a little with what? This one somehow ended up in my wheelhouse. Um, Oh, great. uh, (laughs) I feel you, Matt. I believe Andy Bernard sings this um, in the office rendition of... Sweeney Todd, um, I believe, is the musical, and then the uh, the goal is the hand of God because he got away with a handball. We said Sweeney Todd and hand of God. Very well done, both teams going going along turn, very nicely. Turns out, if you make me rhyme something, I can come well, up with the answer <laughs> to sports question. Uh, both teams are uh, doing really well, and they are hitting their marks. Uh, both teams with forty points to start this game. So Woo-woo. well done. Good start. Um, and I, I am a gigantic musical theater fan, but I think that's it, Stephanie. So <laughs> I Please, think you're safe for you. the rest. I think <laughs> we might, we, I might, I might prove myself wrong. All right. Question number six. Uh, this director's films include Noah and the Whale, different films, not, not the band. Uh, and this composer exchanged over 1200 letters with uh, Nadezhda von Meck between 1877 and 1890 but only met her once by accident. I think we're good, right? I think so. Darren Aronofsky, right? Does that sound right? I, I, it came up, it was all over the... But not Noah. I don't um, know what Noah is. Noah's Ark? That was the that the flop? one with... Uh, yeah, that's the flop with that, Russell Crowe. No, it's Steve Carell. Maybe not. 
Maybe I'm thinking of a different no, that's, movie. That's Evan Almighty. Like I'll, 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 I'll let you know that Noah was extremely out of character. Okay. First, first said film director. Hmm. And then we're looking for an 18th century composer. My my only thinking You're very with 19th century Oren, composer. 19th century. So my only thinking with Oranovsky is it does rhyme with Tchaikovsky, and or Tchaikovsky. I don't know. I'm really bad at saying things. Um. <laughs> As we learned on episode whatever, your Russian isn't yet. As we learned on every episode <laughs> I've ever recorded. <laughs> I'm not good at saying things. Um, that was my thinking there. Did you have anything different? No. No. <laughs> I don't have anything else, so you can roll with this one. Yep. Oranovsky and Tchaikovsky. All right. Uh, interesting pronunciations, but <laughs> hey, if I you think say it enough times, it, it sounds weird. <laughs> for Aronofsky and Tchaikovsky. It is Aronofsky and Tchaikovsky. Yes, that's right. Um, ah. Yes. Uh, Noah was, uh, for Darren Aronofsky, was a surprisingly kind of straight down the line kind of religious film. Um, so it definitely was out of character for him. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he made Noah uh, and uh, the Whale. And um, yeah, Tchaikovsky was um, supported by Von Mack for, uh, you know, artistically supported for by her for years. But she said she never wanted to meet him because she feared that he would never live up to her expectations. So that's why they never met. Then after Noah, he's like, you know what? I'm going to make a movie called Mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the craziest <laughs> you've ever seen. Um, question number seven. Uh, this actor is the only person to be nominated for an Emmy for his role as the same character on three different shows. And this performer's real name is Stanley Kirk Burrell. Uh, just a guess. Because it's rhyming. Kelsey Grammer and MC Hammer. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer and MC Hammer. Uh, I I think that makes sense because it would be Frasier on um, Cheers, Frasier. And then I think on maybe The Simpsons or something else when he, he played that character. And then MC Hammer. It rhymes. It's MC Hammer. And it's Hammer Time. Yeah, I love it. We're going to lock in <laughs> Kelsey Grammer and MC Hammer. Yeah, uh, we said the same thing. We said MC Hammer, and uh, you're looking for uh, Wings as the other one he won. The I Emmy always want to say Jag, but it is Wings. Uh, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer I don't know on if Jag was ever nominated for any of these. On Jag. We need to you're send out this. Of line. <laughs> we, we need to send this, uh, this, this culprit to the psychiatrist. Off you go. <laughs> Dr. Fraser Crane. What, what kind of military base doesn't have any sherry? <laughs> uh, that is correct. It is Kelsey Grammer and MC Hammer. And yes, uh, 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 Wings, Fraser, and Cheers, spot on the money. Uh, MC Hammer is Stanley Kirk Burrell. Uh, question number eight. This song features the lyric, gunpowder, gelatine, dynamite with a laser beam. And this is the third most popular city in Scotland. Well, we are locked in on this one. Uh, feeling pretty good. So what do you guys have? Ooh. Before what? this question, could you name a third Scottish city? I can't. If I could barely name two. <laughs> but uh, giving giving me the rhyme certainly helps. I would say maybe Aberdeen is the third city. Okay. Well, that's good because it rhymes with Killer Queen, which I believe is the name of the song. Yeah. So Aberdeen and Killer Queen. Killer Queen, Aberdeen. V very well done. It is Killer Queen and Aberdeen. Nice job, both teams. Um, okay, question number nine. Uh, the first compilation album by this band was released in 2007 and called Exile on Mainstream. And in the board game Catan, this card allows you to take any two resources from the bank. Sadly, we're going to have to tap out on this one. Uh, we thought about it for a minute and I've just forgotten too much about Catan to force mm. this rhyme. So passing it to you guys. Yeah. Um, how much? How many settlements have you made in Catan? Zero. Okay, good. We're on the same <laughs> foot there. Um, now, if if I'm correct, I think that the band is one that is quickly replacing a recreational culinary band as the most referenced band in Triviality. I think it's Matchbox Twenty, and because this band keeps coming up like four episodes in a row, um, but I think it is Matchbox Twenty. But I don't know what rhymes with twenty that would be in this game. Go and take plenty 
or I know I was thinking of maybe how he would pronounce 20 <laughs> trying to get it there yeah. properly um, properly is uh, how uh, uh, well, that's doubtful. influx of money <laughs> Uh, so we have Matchbox 20 and then probably something with plenty, right? Resor- resources of plenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Match- <It's- laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> it's a logical sense. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> Matchbox 20, it's a resources of plenty. <laughs> In my world, tw- 20 does not rhyme with plenty, but it, by many pronunciations it would if you pronounce it properly i would suppose 20 plenty would you also Close. say plenty <laughs> if you were gonna say plenty. 20 plenty plenty I, well i say 20 20 and plenty not 20 so what, what's the answer we we have no idea uh the answer is matchbox 20 and year of plenty you are very mm. very oh, close. I never gotten there. yeah year of plenty allows you to take two resources in the bank um, in the game of Catan, which uh, if you haven't played it, I feel like you're mostly lucky because it is one of the great friend loser board games <laughs> in history. I, I won't. I do uh, that I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, it's not as bad as a lot of older board games like Kenan, my great battleship feud of 2003. So I'll call that. <laughs> I don't know if you can uh, you can see behind me, but that's uh, that I've I've got a big board game collection and there's a board game table sitting behind me so yeah it's uh, awesome i will warn you in advance that it's not going to be the uh the end of the board game questions as we go along all right right. this uh this is the final question of round one um and i think it's the hardest question in the quiz so if you get this uh i'll be super impressed and you have 10 bonus points in my heart but not in real life this 2006 (laughs) war drama film directed by ken loach is set during the irish war of independence and follows two brothers. And this man was the sixth Secretary General of the United Nations between 1992 and 1996. I think I know the movie, but I don't think it's going to help us get the... What's the movie? I think it's The Wind That Shakes the Bar... Wait, The Wind That Shakes the Barley? The Wind That... Something Barley. All right, we're going to go with The Wind That Shakes the Barley and Chris Farley. (laughs) 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 What do you guys have? Well, I'm glad that they said the wind that shakes the barley because that's what we were both thinking, right, Stephanie? Obviously, Obviously yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Now, <laughs> I'm sure you were keeping up on your UN news in 1992. Do you recall this person at all? No, I think it was Chris Farley as well. Yeah, I'm that, sure. that, it, yeah. it has to be a hundred percent. Peak SNL days. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was working two jobs, hardest working man in Hollywood. That's why they called him that. Um, so yeah, Chris Farley and the name of the movie that Neil said. And now Andrew says that is correct. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Chris Farley only ever got to assistant secretary general, so he doesn't qualify um, to as an answer. No, this is uh, if you were to say to me UN secretary general, this is the first name I would say back to you because it's fun to say. Uh, it is the wind that shakes the barley. Well done, Neil. And Boutros Boutros Ghali is the secretary general of the United Nations. So we were looking for The Wind That Shakes the Barley and Boutros Boutros Gali. And if you got that at home, very well done. Now, Andrew, what happens if you say that name into the mirror three times? <laughs> the entire United Nations appears behind you. <laughs> Indeed. So teams doing uh, just a little bit poorer overall in the second half, only adding 30 each to their scores. But how dare us? Still staying dead even 70 to 70. So wide open. We're going to throw it over to Andrew for the swing round. Just wanted to say thank you to Andrew and Stephanie for being Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join them in helping support our show, letting us upgrade our equipment, and uh, just keeping us afloat, basically, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast, where you can get uh, some main feed episodes ad-free, some bonus audio content, and if you're Stephanie, you get a special box uh, that we will still not name because it's in transit right now. We don't want to ruin the surprise, but um, you get a cool character box that one of us will put together for you, so... Uh, yeah, go to patreon.com slash Triviality Podcasts and uh, help support the show. And speaking of that, Stephanie, um, thank you for joining Patreon. Um, was it the bad jokes? Was it the episode name titles? What was it that made you finally say, you know what, I'm going to support these goofballs? Uh, you know, short time listener. I think I started in November, maybe. Oh, and then I the think fold. I, yeah, and I think I'm already on 
the 200s, somewhere oh. around there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was, much. yeah, it was uh, just after a month, I was like, okay, I just need to support these guys because I'm listening to it for hours a day in the car traveling. So it was oh, worth we, it. We certainly appreciate that. Yeah, and very, more, very generous. more content on Patreon too. So Yeah, and we mm-hmm. just hope that Oliver also listens to the show. He absolutely does. And he cringes just like I do. So. <laughs> yeah, Oliver is the dog. Uh, well, thank you, Stephanie. And we, as we know, Andrew, uh, we pay you a check to, in order to support us. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> yeah, the immense clout that I have is, uh, has helped you no end, I'm sure. Oh, no, it's always helpful. Um, but uh, speaking of you and helping us, uh, what is the Swing Round today? The Swing Round is a game uh, that I uh, have wrong with my friends a few time uh a few times it's it's a little bit tense it's called tick tick boom so what's going to happen is you're going to play this uh in rounds so there's going to be three questions for each team i'm going to give you six categories and then um you get to pick a category um you're even so let's say matt and stephanie you can pick a category first uh and then what will happen is i will give you a category and six answers that are within that category um four of them will be right two of them will be wrong you need to pick as many correct ones as possible without selecting any of the incorrect ones. So it's sort of like a trivia minesweeper or mm. bomb disposal um, or tri- trivia trivia hurt locker. That, that should be a popular format. Uh, so I'm going to give you six answers. Um, if you pick one correct, you'll get one point. If you pick two correct, you'll get another two points for three. Three correct, three points, four correct, four points. So there are 10 points on offer in each question. However, if at any point you stop, you are welcome to stop at any time if you're not confident about the future answers, or you select an incorrect answer, um, then the other team will get two points for every correct answer you left on the board. Uh, You get to bank your points. So if you get to three and you stop, you'll get six points. Um, But if you get to three and then you select one more and you get one wrong, you lose all those points. So you've got to be very careful about when to keep going and when to stop. Does that all make sense? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To be clear, basically, you could be asking who are the hosts of Triviality: Ken, Matt, Neil, and Bartholomew. We just don't want to choose Bartholomew. <laughs> that, that's fair because nobody nobody likes him. Um, okay. So, I'll give you six answers, um, and then you can you can uh, discuss which ones you do. The six categories you have on offer here are history, geography, sport, TV and film, music, and board games. Uh, let's go with geography. Okay. <laughs> Geography, your category is capital cities of Australian states and territories. Why'd you do that? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Terrible choice, Matt. Oh, why'd you let me pick? <laughs> your answers are Hobart, Darwin, Canberra, Adelaide, Fremantle, Auckland. Uh, so we'll say Adelaide. That is correct. Uh, Fremantle is incorrect. I'm afraid you've blown yourself up for zero points and six points go to the other team. So Fremantle is not a capital city of any Australian state or territory. It's in Western Australia, but it is the second most popular city in Western Australia. Um, the other ones are Canberra, which is, oh, does the other team want to, I think you pretty much had them, but. Uh, Canberra is definitely one, as you said, and Darwin is definitely one, as you said, and the other one is Hobart. I know Hobart is one, and I think Auckland is the incorrect one. Yeah, so the two incorrect ones are Fremantle and Auckland, uh, WA and New Zealand, respectively, and then Hobart is the capital of Tasmania, Darwin is the capital of the Northern Territory, uh, Canberra is the capital of both the Australian Capital Territory and Australia in general, because we couldn't decide whether it should be Sydney or Melbourne, so we just split the difference, put it in Canberra, uh, and Adelaide is the capital of South Australia. So, unfortunately, no yeah. points there. AFL steered you in the incorrect direction. I apologize. So, six points to uh, the other team. Uh, and now you get to pick a category. TV, film. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Okay. TV and film. I am looking for movies for which Jim Carrey was nominated for a Best Actor Golden Globe. So, four of these are movies for which he was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor and two are not. Your answers are The Truman Show, The Majestic, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Man on the Moon, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Mr. Popper's Penguins. All right, so we're going to start out with uh, Man on the Moon. 
Tick. I forgot to do my catchphrase last time. Yep, tick. All right. Neil is confident that Truman Show is one of them. Tick for three points. You want to see Eternal or you want to stop? Uh, up to you. I'm we'll fine with We'll see Eternal. Tick. That's six points. And I think we'll stop there. You're okay. banking six? I think it's the Grinch, but we'll stop there, though. You're yeah. banking six? Okay. Yes. Um, six points for you and two points for the other team because you did leave one uh, answer on the board. Uh, the other one he won- he got a nomination for was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, I guess then we'll go sports or sporting or whatever it was. He just called it singular sport. Sport. Yes, probably. Yeah. Sport. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a- Again, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> you say maths because there's multiple, but then you say sport. <laughs> like there's only one. No, hang on. I well, said I got, I got sport. A- I don't say sport. I, I often do say sports. <laughs> just happen well, to have said have sport in this in- instance. Let's have a sport. One sport, okay. please. The word has lost all meaning. Sorry. Any of the last four men to win a tennis major who aren't Djokovic, Murray, Federer, or Nadal going back to 2015. So these, so four of these are the last four people who aren't any of the big four to win a tennis major since 2015, and two of them are not. We have Carlos Alcaraz, Daniel Medvedev, Stefanos Tsitsipas, Alexander Zverev, Dominic Thiem, and Stan Wawrinka. Um, so you seemed more confident in at least one of those. Which one were you pretty confident in? Alcaraz. So we're going to say Alcaraz is our first one. That is correct. Tick. And then uh, Velveeta? <laughs> Velveeta? No. <laughs> I think that's a Coldplay song. Velveeta. Um, yeah, Velveeta is our second one. That is correct. To bring you to three. And Tick. That, and then uh, Melvedev. Medvedev. Medvedev. Uh, tick. <laughs> tick to bring and you then, to six. And I, I'm not even going to be able to pronounce another name. Or were you thinking of one more? I would guess the Zverev, but I think we should not. I think I, we should bank. I think we are going to bank the three we got because we are not playing it risky right now. Very good. So you got six points and two points to the other team. Does um, uh, team in the studio? Do you want to guess who the other the winner is? No, thank you. Okay, uh, it is. Is it, it's a pass? No, it's Dominic Tiem. Uh, team, uh, however you pronounce mm. his last name. He has the shortest and most difficult to pronounce last name. So you bank, you played it perfectly. Banked exactly when you should. Six points for your team. Well done. Um, uh, Ken and Neil, what category would you like? You have uh, what was, what history, was music, and board games left on the left on the board. We'll do, we will take history, please. Uh, all I'm looking for here is anyone who is at any time vice president of the United States of America. We have Nelson Rockefeller. Walter Mondale, Adlai Stevenson I, Adlai Stevenson II, Chester Arthur, and James Launceston. All right, we're going to start with uh, Chester A. Arthur. Surely took over after Garfield's assassination. Tick for one point. We're going to say Walter Mondale, famously failed presidential run. And he was also vice president, so tick three points. See the one on the tank? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, it wasn't that Dukakis? Dukakis. Oh, sorry. Dukakis, Dukakis. yeah. Um, let's say, let's go one more and we'll say Stevenson, what was it, Stevenson? Stevenson? Adelaide? Stevenson? Yeah, Stevenson. Net. The first or uh, the second? Actually, we'll say the first. Tick. All right, we're, we're, we're out. That, yeah. that banking. Last was a guess. <laughs> banking, that's fair. Uh, uh, the other team, do you know who the other vice president on that list is? No. It's Rockefeller. Nelson Rockefeller. Yeah. And oh, uh, Ford. That's what I was Last two years of Ford, right, Jeff, I think? Me. I believe that is correct. Yeah. Um, uh, the other two were, so Adlai Stevenson II was a vice, was a presidential candidate, never vice president. He lost to Eisenhower twice on the trot. Um, and uh, James Lordenseston is a made-up person because I saw that there was someone called Garrett Hobart. Hobart is a city in Tasmania. Lordenseston is also a city in Tasmania. So I just made that person up. Um, so the most tension of the entire game now uh, will come on this decision for Matt and Stephanie between music and board games. Which one are you going with? Which Neil said he feared the board game category. I'm not so sure about Fear that. the board game. Um, so I think... I think we'll, we can go music. 
for music, your category is any song that won Grammy Song of the Year. Your six options are This Is America by Childish Gambino, Stay With Me by Sam Smith, You're Beautiful by James Blunt, Daughters by John Mayer, Dance With My Father by Luther Vandross, or Play That Song by Train. All right. Uh, We did Dance With My Father, the first one. Tick for one point. We did Stay With Me. Tick for three points. And the horrific man, John Mayer, for Daughters. (laughs) Tick and Tick for six points. (laughs) Yeah, and then we are going to do you want to guess with that one or you want to bank let's bank um and uh the other two it was uh this is america by childish gambino um by far i would say the best song on that list by some margin um and uh and one in 2019 bad guy one in 2020 um the other red herring was you're beautiful by james blunt and so now, uh, the moment um, you've all been waiting for, uh, board games. All right, let's have it. I'm looking for anything that is in the website Board Game Geek, which uh, is sort of the Bible for all things board games and board game ratings in particular. They have a Board Game Geek Top 100, which ranks the most popular board games and highly rated board games of all time. I'm looking for any of these board games that are in the top 10 of that list. Uh, Brass Birmingham. Gloomhaven, Monopoly, Terraforming Mars, Nemesis, Twilight Imperium, 4th edition. Let's say Gloomhaven. That was my first guest because we we saw that one of our other past hosts um, had Gloomhaven or was talking about it and seemed pretty popular. Tick. No, it's my favorite game of all time. It's unbelievable. Let's say Terraforming Mars due to the... The, yep. re- the relation. Tick for three points. So let's take the 50-50 guess. Let's do the vampire one. Sparkly Vampire's Twilight. Okay. Tick for six points. Well done. Good gamble. Should we keep going? <laughs> I'm <laughs> feeling good. Let's roll the dice. Yeah, let's do it. Nemesis. Boom. Oh. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so two I don't points. I have any money to gamble right now, so I got to get my job <laughs> yeah. somehow. So you get nothing. Right. You get nothing there, and the other team gets two points, unfortunately. Uh, uh, oh, Icarus. Um, and the the other one, so Nemesis is on the list, but it's much further down. Um, it's sort of in the, the 50s. And Monopoly is uh, would uh, be seen nowhere near a board game geek list because it's, yes, as Jeff said, demonstrably terrible. So it was Brass Birmingham? Brass Birmingham, or Brass Birmingham, as I would normally say it, but got confused by your accent. Uh, was uh, Yeah, Brass Birmingham was the... Um, it was the other one on the list, which I think uh, actually recent. There's a big thing in the board game community because they're kind of they're they're crossing over each other, and there's like a battle for top spot. It's mm. like the my favorite like, Beastie Boys song, Brass Monkey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, Monopoly is so bad that my parents almost asked to be emancipated from me. Mm. <laughs> just for owning it. Just for just for playing with them. Um, um, Jeff, I hope you kept the scores there because I did not. I did indeed, yep. All right, so there is a little bit of separation coming out of the swing round, but it is not much but four points. So uh, Puma Pants uh, added. (laughs) I almost forgot. (laughs) So uh, Puma Pants uh, added 18 points uh, to their score to bring it up to 88. And uh, the Pampered Moose added 22, so they're at 92. Um, Very close game. And with that, we're going to take a quick break for station identification. That's a joke, but we will we'll be right back. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw 
Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she was, or call the police, or call the police like <laughs> she should have. Exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back with the second round. So jump right in when you're ready, Andrew. Okay, so we're back into our uh, our rhyming work now. This is your first question of the second round, question number 11. After leaving Top Gear, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May went on to host this show for Amazon Prime, for which they were paid an enormous amount of money. And this person won season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I didn't. I didn't care about Top Gear, but I do watch. Uh, I have um, NBA League Pass, so I have to scroll through Amazon Prime quite a bit. And this show did come up. Uh, it's called The Grand Tour. Um, so we're look. We're looking for something that rhymes with tour or tour or however people pronounce it. But <laughs> so thinking about drag names that would rhyme with that, you got Ma Newer, maybe. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, I'm claiming Ma Newer as my new track name. Excellent. <laughs> you know who loves Ma Newer? Marissa Tomei. Oh. <laughs> you got Ma and you got Newer. Couture. Uh, Couture. Yeah. Miss Couture. Yeah. You want to go with that? Yep. Okay. So we're going to lock in with the Grand Tour and Miss Couture. Yep, I wrote down uh, the world tour for some reason. Ken, thankfully, uh, correct me and put the grand tour, and uh, it made me think of the drag race winner, Sasha Velour. Mm, Velour! That is correct. It is the grand tour and Sasha Velour. Um, although Matt Sanson did, did make me think of the UFC fighter, Randy Couture. Um, and if he had won season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race, it would have been an upset, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but yes, the grand, the grand tour and Sasha Velour, that is exactly right. Well done. Question number... They haven't done a celebrity drag race yet, have oh, they? they should, though. Also an easy way to find out which celebrities are bigots, right? Who <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to do it? Who doesn't want to do it? Just because you don't want to do Just it. Just because you don't yeah. want to bigot. Yeah. <laughs> whole lot of mysterious schedule clashes. Like, here are all the people that we asked who said, no <laughs> I'm way. I'm not a bigot. I just didn't want to do it. I'm not interested. I'm, alleg- I'm allergic to makeup. Bigot. <laughs> I'm not coordinated. <laughs> bigot. <laughs> Sad. This is getting cut. Yeah, too bad. That's okay. <laughs> That's a shame. Because which celebrity is a bigot is also a very good idea for a reality show. <laughs> I, I would like to call it "Can you bigot?" <laughs> Are you more bigoted than fifth grade? Can you bigot? <laughs> Behind this door, we have Roman Polanski. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel Gibson, yeah. And who's host. shooting through the extra door? I'm your Alex host, Baldwin. Greg Probst. Greg Probst. <laughs> can you big it? Oh, and then Kramer Waltz is it. <laughs> I can big it, you can big it, he can big it, she can big it. They get, they get all celebrities that have famously been burned. 
Oh yeah, and then the winner the winner gets their PR stuff just wiped clean. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new start. Question two. In round two, in the film Toy Story, Woody describes Buzz Lightyear's flying as this. And this international unit of measurement is defined as exactly 1,852 metres. I believe it's falling with style. And then... So nautical mile? And that rhymes with nautical mile. Kind (laughs) of. Depending on how you say it, this show has made me very self-conscious about the way I pronounce everything, just so you guys know. We said falling with style and nautical mile. Full points both teams. Very nicely done. Yes, falling with style and a nautical mile. 1,852 metres. Question number three. The epic of this ancient Mesopotamian hero is largely regarded as a foundational work in literature and religion. And this country is the most populous in the world to have never won an Olympic medal. Well, I was wondering about the story. I don't know about the hero, but I was wondering if the story is like the Rubaiyat or something like that. I'm not sure. I think of the the countries, um, there's like, I think Bangladesh is one of them. Oh, and then that, Gilgamesh. And that potentially rhymes with Gilgamesh. And that's, mm-hmm. I don't think that there's one that rhymes with Sri Lanka. Um, so, or any other countries. So we can go with Gilgamesh and Bangladesh. Well reasoned. We said Gilgamesh and Bangladesh. That is correct. Very well done. Gilgamesh and Bangladesh. Um yeah, no one. One of my alternates was the wrestler Tatanka and Sri Lanka, but I couldn't. Um, I couldn't make it work. <laughs> um, uh, very well done, Gilgamesh in Bangladesh. Nice history and geography for you there. Number four, in the film Pulp Fiction, Mia Wallace and Vincent Vega dance to this Chuck Berry classic, and this was John Bradshaw Layfield's finishing move in the WWE. All right, uh, Ken and I can hear the song from Pulp Fiction, and uh, I can see the finishing move from JBL, but we cannot, for the life of us, come up with a name, so we're going to tap. The finishing move is the clothesline from hell, Um, but I don't know a song (laughs) from that movie that would rhyme with that. I'm trying to rhyme hell with everything (laughs) in my head, and it's not working. Yeah. yeah, I I don't I have no idea. Uh, so it looks like we are we have on the receiving end of the clothesline from hell because we we do not know this this song. And All right. Part what of me is have? now wishing they'd they'd dance that song to uh, Taylor Swift's Ten Minute All Too Well. <laughs> it would have been a very different, <laughs> very very long scene in the middle of pop fiction. Um, it is. You never can tell, and clothesline from hell. It's Chuck Berry's You Never Can Tell is the song in that scene. Okay, and the uh, uh, final question for the first half of round two. This trace mineral has the atomic number 25 on the periodic table. And this is what Nicolas Cage famously screams in a viral clip from the remake of The Wicker Man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we, we got it. Not the bees. (laughs) <laughs> the bees. just like that he did not the bees. if he was screaming about a trace element what would he scream manganese <laughs> <laughs> there you go not the bees and manganese are you both going with manganese not the bees yeah yeah that's you're both right. correct for 10 points both teams yeah that's right manganese and not the bees oh no that was my favorite not question the of the game <laughs> all right both teams uh adding to their scores quite nicely in the first half of the second round. Uh, But just eking out a little bit of an advantage would be the Pampered Moose uh, with their lead of 132 over Puma Pants, 118. Very good. Okay, second half of round two. This city was the subject of a handover from the British Empire to China on the 1st of July, 1997. And this was a chart-topping single in many countries for Cisco in the year 2000. (laughs) I got it. Okay, take it back. This is the best one. (laughs) Yeah. So we got uh, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Kong. Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Kong. That's right. When China said that, me see Hong Kong. Kong. 
<laughs> I presume you had the same? Yes. Uh, official answers for both teams, if I could. Hong Kong and Thong Song. Hong Kong. I just want to hear Matt Stephanie say it, yeah. And Thong Song. Thong Song. Yes. I like it with the money clothes. <laughs> it is Hong Kong Thong Song. Well done. <laughs> Very good. Uh, question 17. Global teams could connect the dots. <laughs> I like it. This 12-letter word means to be able to perceive or see the future. And this 11-letter word is a common collective noun for a group, uh, for a group I'm sorry, of flamingos. So, I, is it clairvoyance? Um, I'm pretty sure because um, this came up... I forget where this came up. Maybe it was a New York Times crossword puzzle I did. Um, but it is a flamboyance. Boyance. Yeah. We agree. We think it's clairvoyant, flamboyant. Yeah, clairvoyance, flamboyance, or clairvoyant, flamboyant is fine as well. Um, yeah, a flamboyance of flamingos, my favorite collect- uh, collective noun. Um, I did uh, have a vague memory in my head that there was a character in something called clairvoyance. Um, and so I went back and looked up who it was and apparently uh, I can't imagine I ever heard of this clairvoyance is a character that appears in the Sonic the Hedgehog comic series um, and I read her like wiki and it says uh, she was an anthropomorphic howler monkey and was the psychic op of the diamond cutters she was betrayed by their infiltrator mimic and killed by shadow androids and I was like Duh. good lord what is going on in the Sonic the Hedgehog it's very dark. comic oh, series it's much more violent maybe I don't know I like there's there's murder in Sonic though it's crazy <laughs> Don't remember I mean, that much murder. Another Jim Carrey classic. Question number 18. This English electronica band released the songs If You Leave and Enola Gay. Mm-hmm. And this satirical Tom Lehrer song features the lyric, When they see us coming, the birdies all try and hide, but they still go for peanuts when coated with cyanide. Well, so If You Leave is from... The Breakfast Club. It's in. It's in nope. a bunch. No, which one is it from? <laughs> Close. Neil was Close. so fast on Pretty that. in Pink. Maybe I don't know. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> well, okay. Neil was, was waiting in, in the boom. tall grass for you there, Matt. <laughs> um, I have, Pretty in Pink. You're right. I have no idea the band. Um, it's in the era where um, everyone sounded like The Cure, but it's not The Cure. Um, yeah. I so so it seems like we don't we don't really have an answer. So. Um. Yeah, we're just gonna have to unfortunately tap out. All right. We uh. Well, Neil came up with orchestral moves in the dark. Orchestral maneuvers, maneuvers in the dark. In the dark. And you're right. telling me, Matt, you've never kissed a picture of Andrew McCarthy to this song, just like in Pretty in Pink. <laughs> Not recently. <laughs> okay. And uh, I said maybe the other song's called Afternoon in the Park. You are very close. Saturday Jeff, do you want to give the answer? Uh, as we murder them all with laughter and merriment, uh, we are poisoning pigeons in the park. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It so. is orchestral maneuvers in the dark and poisoning pigeons in the park is the answer to that one. Uh, question number 19. This was the subtitle to the second in PlayStation's Horizon series of video games. And this 1996 novel was described by critics as a profound study of the postmodern condition and bloated, boring, and gratuitous. We think we're hot on the tail of something here, but we can't put it together, so we're going to have to tap. Mm. Um, so the video game is Horizon Forbidden West, I believe. Words that rhyme with ba- with West. <laughs> so you got best, test, jest. Is that John Leguizano's The Pest? <laughs> Yes, or big puffy vest. Big puffy vest. <laughs> uh, Are y'all out? I, th- out of steam? I think so. Yeah, big puffy vest and forbidden west. All right, you guys said jest. Not big fans of David Foster Wallace, apparently. I think it's infinite jest, mm. uh, but we couldn't put it together. I, I could only get as far as zero dawn for the subtitle. So, I think you got it. It is Forbidden West and Infinite Jest. You were uh, you were so close, Matt. You said Jest, and you just you just moved on. 
Um, but yeah, Forbidden West Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace, which was covered in the movie The End of the Tour, which Neil was talking about with Jason Segel. That stinks too, because I, uh, I think um, Lance Reddick. Yeah. Who, no. uh, rest in peace, he just yeah, he passed. Just, yeah. He just passed, but he was in uh, that sequel, and I actually read that that title the other day, and I just couldn't recall it. Maryland. Yeah, he's in, he's in both of them. Okay, your final question in regulation. She still believes in miracles while others cry in vain is a lyric from which 1993 song? And who sang it? can you feel love? I know I know I just <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out where that tone was for, yes yeah, that's what it is still believes in miracles can't you be the king I know you are can you feel the love tonight by Elton John who is inside all right so Neil was trying to uh, sing the song to the tune of can you feel the love tonight so I think we're not close so we're gonna tap yeah we got Sitting by the Dock of the Bay by Dr. Dre. <laughs> uh, a valiant, valiant effort. Um, if I told you that Neil was close-ish, but it was when he said Bruce Springsteen, but just a little bit worse. John Mellencamp. Oh, no, that, I would say that's a, a lot worse. Um, that's where you went with that. No, if I told you it was Billy Joel... Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it Down was Down in a Joel. Hole. It's, by Billy no, Joel. it's All About Soul by Billy Joel. <laughs> all About Soul by Billy Joel. Down in a Hole. I'm Billy Joel. Still stuck in this hole. I think his car definitely went down in a hole one time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's Noted the end of regulation. driver, William Joel. Grunge Billy Joel. All right, going into the final, teams are going to have uh, quite a bit of points to wager. Uh, Puma Pants has 138 points, um, but just slightly ahead of them with a lead of 14 is the Pampered Moose at 152. Very good. Okay, um, here are your final round categories. They are 57 channels and nothing on, Cover Me, Roll of the Dice, the Ghost of Tom Joad, and Wrecking Ball. All the wagers are locked in. Uh, our team over here at the Pampered Moose is going 30s all the way down, and Puma Pants, 15s all the way down. Uh, not feeling as confident, but we'll see if that smaller wager pays off and we destroy ourselves, Neil. As a quick thought experiment, if you put pants on a Puma, <laughs> do you think it could poop its pants? I, I think it would. Okay. I think it would destroy those pants. It's not a matter of could, it's will. <laughs> If, Will. If you put pants on a puma, would it be this way or this way? It really gives a whole new meaning to tear off. <laughs> if any patrons work in the wildlife field, please get a pair of Janko pants. Yes, and, and, and put them on a puma. an animal by putting them on. <laughs> Janko, they're just going to fall out the puma. You want something snug. This wallet chain will get everywhere. <laughs> puma leggings. That's what you want. Puma leggings. Yes. There you go. Yes. A nice jogger. It's going to be Puma, the, uh, I'm the definitely, athleti athletic wear company's I'm new definitely photo. I'm definitely photoshopping a Puma, <laughs> like Puma's a Fabletics a ad for the cover of this one. Right? <laughs> if it makes the cut. There you go. <laughs> All right. What are our questions here? Okay. 57 channels and nothing on. Darkness on the edge of town, streets of fire, lost in the flood, and the ties that bind are all episodes of which television show? that ran between 2012 and 2019. Cover Me. The Natalie Imbruglia hit song Torn is one of the most famous songs you didn't know were covers of all time. Which language was the original version of Torn recorded in? Roll of the Dice. The winner of the 2015 Monopoly World Championships, Niccolo Falcone of Italy, used as his token the same token that was found by a a Monopoly, Monopoly writer, Phil Orbanes, who wrote the book Monopoly, Money and You, to be the most popular token selected by one in four Monopoly players. Which token is the most popular in Monopoly? The Ghost of Tom Joad. In the 1940 film adaptation of John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath, which famous actor plays Tom Joad? 
and Wrecking Ball. In the seminal television program Lip Sync Battle, Anne Hathaway, one of the alarmingly famous people the show was able to get early on, performed a lip sync of Miley Cyrus's song Wrecking Ball in one of the show's most famous moments. Who was her opponent in that episode? All right, we have our questions. We'll be right back with our answers. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All the answers are now locked in. So let's get the questions one more time and see who will be today's cream of the crop. Okay. 57 channels and nothing on. Darkness on the edge of town, streets of fire, lost in the flood, and the ties that bind are all episodes of which television show that ran between 2012 and 2019? Sounds really, really familiar, like something I might have seen, which is a pretty limited list, but we couldn't come up with anything good. So we said Breaking Bad as a hopeful guess for 30 points. Well, I don't think that this is actually something you watch because I'm pretty sure that this is Once Upon a Time. No points for both teams. Uh, it was not Once Upon a Time or Breaking Bad. Um, when Matt and Stephanie were discussing, Stephanie just actually said, do you watch The CW? Um, this show is on The CW. Um, this was the show Arrow, um, oh. the Green Arrow TV show. So they, the penultimate episode of every season of Arrow, apart from one, um, would have a Bruce Springsteen song as its, as its title, um, which obviously mm. for those that haven't picked up on it already, uh, they're all Bruce Springsteen <laughs> songs and all the category names are also all Bruce Springsteen songs. Um, question number two is Cover Me. The Natalie and Brulia hit song Torn is one of the most famous songs you didn't know were covers of all time. Which language was the original version of Torn recorded in? Um, we just thought it might sound good in Spanish, so we said Spanish. Yeah, and we went back and forth. We said Portuguese, and we said Dutch. We played with Spanish, but we settled on Dutch. You're very close. It's Danish. Mm. It was the original language um, when it was recorded. Food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very, very, uh, very close. Um, uh, so you were so dancing far, your around. low, your your uh, mm. safe bet strategy is paying off for you. Paying off very Let's see nicely. If that continues. Roll of the dice. The winner of the 2015 Monopoly World Championships, Niccolo Falcone of Italy, used as his token the same token that was found by Phil Orbanes, who wrote the book Monopoly Money and You, to be the most popular token selected by one in every four players. Which token is the most popular in Monopoly? I just picked the one that I like, and I said the thimble. And we toyed with the idea of dog, because who doesn't like a dog? Uh, and then we also said car, because a lot of people pick cars. Matt likes to zip around the board, so we said car. It is the car, the race right. car. That is correct. Very well nice. done. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's the race car. I think the dog is second. Um, I don't think the thimble's even in the conversation. I don't 
I've never no seen someone a mistake. It's a mistake, people. <laughs> if it was Oliver, it would be first. And yes. Always. <laughs> uh, question Billy four Joel. The Ghost of Tom Jones slash Jode. In the 1940 film adaptation of John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath, which famous actor plays Tom Jode? Yep, uh, we went with Henry Fonda. Yeah, we were pretty sure that Neil would get this. And uh, hearing that name, that sounds right, because we had no idea. And we went with uh, Humphrey Bogart. It's Henry Fonda. Very well done, Neil. Um, yep, Henry Fonda. Uh, they made the movie a year after the book came out. book came out in 39. movie came out in 1940. And finally... Whatever, somebody's struggling for a place to stand, kid. You see, there's something called the Great Depression. See? <laughs> And finally, Wrecking Ball. In the seminal television program Lip Sync Battle, Anne Hathaway, one of the alarmingly famous people the show was able to get early on, performed a lip sync of Miley Cyrus' Wrecking Ball in one of the show's most famous moments. Who was her opponent in that episode? Wasn't too sure on this one, but I was just thinking time period uh, and the way that uh, movies like to market their actors. And this might have been around the time Devil Wears Prada came out, so we thought maybe uh, it was Emily Blunt. Yep, and Matt knew this one right away. And he said, I'm like, well. Yes, uh, correct answer. Horrendous logic. It was about uh, 10 years after Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in the ballpark. But you were nonetheless correct. It was Emily Blunt. As she swings back on the wrecking ball, she gives Emily Blunt the finger. And if you watch the YouTube clip, which is still good, it has to be set up there with the Tom Holland one. And that's the game. And what a game it was. So both teams uh, going, um, you know, different Pretty poorly. Different, you could say poorly. Different strategies here, uh, for sure. Um, often we see that the big bets uh, will pay off. But this is a real uh, close game because if I am not mistaken, um, it is a score of 122 to 123. Favoring the team at Puma Pants. Oh, wow. Cream <laughs> of the crop. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is the closest game uh, probably since one of our first, like, 15, because I think we had a tie very early on, but... That's crazy. It was so close, I Puma Pants, <laughs> that, uh, you know. <laughs> I need to go shower because yeah. I Puma Pants. Bowels were released. <laughs> well done, you guys. Wow. Overcoming us in the end. I, I literally, I was like, wait a second. That was like, this this can't be. But it is. So, so, very, uh, so very well done uh, to you. Sorry, better luck next time, uh, Pampered Moose. Um, fortunately, you guys get a lot of chances to be wrong, so. Yeah. We'll so we, next we we capitalize <laughs> on all of them. Um, but Stephanie, thank you for joining us. Any uh, parting words from you? We appreciate you being on the show. Uh, no, just thank you guys for having me on. It was awesome. Uh, I know. Hopefully, I'll be on in sometime in the future. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you back. And Andrew, once again, a great game uh, presented by you. We always like having you on the show. Any parting words from you? Uh, no, thanks very much for making the podcast and, and having me on. It's uh, it's terrific, as anyone who listens knows. And, um, yeah, uh, if you would like to be deeply confused by some more quizzes, then Drew's Clues 23 on TikTok is the place to be baffled. <laughs> All right, and that'll be our show for today. We appreciate both of our guests, but we also appreciate Airwave Media, our network. Um, so we wanted to um, shout out a few of their shows, such as... A Mindful Moment, History Uncovered, and Movie Therapy. So perhaps check some of those out. And uh, without further ado, that, that'll be it. Uh, for Stephanie, Andrew, Matt, Jeff, Neil, and myself, that was Triviality. Triviality.